0: Welcome back to episode 155 of the Youth Ministry Booster Podcast. This, another installment in our month-long emphasis of celebrating and encouraging women in youth ministry. Fellow podcaster joins us today, Ariel Williford, and you are going to love what she has to share. If you are a youth minister in a rural setting or a small town, or want to get into just hearing podcasters talk about creating great content for youth ministry, you're going to love this interview with Chad and Ariel. Thanks again for listening. If you haven't had a chance, make sure to check out the stuff related to the giveaway at youthmcbooster.com slash giveaway. Contribute to the conversation by tagging hashtag women in YM. And if you really want to know what's going on and get connected to a mastermind group where folks in rural and busy urban settings, suburban settings even, are finding connection to care, prayer, and support youth minister to youth minister, peer to peer being both challenged in personal and professional goals, come by and see Youth Industry Booster. There's a free month trial waiting for you to test drive what's inside. There was great content that went out yesterday as we had a wonderful webinar with Dr. Liz DeGayner and amazing, amazing conversations happening around youth ministry. We want to put you in the right kind of group to get the right kind of encouragement. It is the community for you to check out as a youth minister who are leading and caring for young people. But until then, I'll catch you on the flip side. Enjoy this interview between two podcasters, Chad Higgins and Ariel Williford.
1: Hello and welcome to Youth Ministry Booster. My name is Chad Higgins, and I am excited to be
2: with you today um, with Ariel Williford. Ariel, how are you? I'm awesome. I have my kid here, so we'll see if she uh, cries or not.
1: That's awesome. Hopefully she won't. We were we were talking a little bit before we, we got going, and this is just real life for us, right? Like
2: mm-hmm.
1: we get to hear you know little babies in the background, and that's true for me as well. We've got a five month year a five month old at home, and uh, anybody that has kids understands that sometimes uh, we get to do ministry with kids right beside us, and uh, and that's just that's how life goes, right? That's right. That's right. Awesome. Well, we want to hear a little bit about uh, your story and and the background of that. So uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from.
2: Yeah, so um, obviously my name is Ariel Williford, and I'm a youth pastor in the state of Virginia. Um, But my dad um, is a pastor in the state of Virginia, and so I grew up. um, He was originally a youth pastor, so I grew up in youth ministry. And uh, my uncle is also a youth pastor. Well, now he's a youth ministry professor. So I grew up in youth ministry and around youth ministry. And it was the last thing that I wanted to do. Um, I had seen how church people can treat um, people in ministry. And I didn't want to do that. I wanted to open an all-star cheer and gymnastics gym and um, put some spirituality into it if I could. But if not, you know. Tumbling was more important and stunts were more important than Jesus. Gotcha. Um, and so when I got to college, um, I didn't make the cheer team and I believe it was a God thing. Um, I've never in my life, uh, not learned to dance and like within the first 15 minutes. And I didn't after a half an hour, I still had no idea what I was supposed to do. Um, went to tryouts and bombed it. I even wrote on my tryout form, um, that I'm great under pressure. And then I couldn't remember anything. Um, and so when I got to college, I joined an impact team and I traveled around doing youth ministry stuff, um, for churches that couldn't afford a youth pastor. And so they would have volunteers that would set up disciple nows and set up all nighters. And we would come in and we would run the whole thing, um, for a love offering. (laughs) And, um, and so that's what I did. I went to North Greenville um, University, Well, it was college then, changed to university. I'm um, in Tigerville, South Carolina. And that's where my uncle is the professor of youth ministry. I did not want to go there because my uncle's on staff. And I thought, oh my gosh, like he's, my parents are going to know when I do something wrong before I even do because he's going to tell them. Um, but it turned out to be the best decision ever. Um, so I went through. And I was on an impact team, and through the impact team, I became an intern at a church. And um, it was interesting because in South Carolina, there's not a lot of females in youth ministry. No. And so um, I then became a youth ministry major um, and saw how saw the good, the bad, and the ugly really quick. Um, I had guys stand up and um say that their topics for their papers had changed and that they were um they were going to do it in instead of whatever their topic was it was really why really why women shouldn't be in ministry um and for a at the time 20 year old it was really hard um and it it was not it was not good at all um my my uncle didn't realize a lot of it was happening because he he's deaf in one ear and so we would all sit on the side of the classroom where he was deaf and Mm -hmm. crack jokes and whatnot under our breath um and so when he finally figured out that it went down um he went when the guy finally stood up he berated the class but um by the end of my senior year those guys had said you know, we see you in ministry like there's no doubt in our minds that you're supposed to be. Mm. And um, and they have apologized and they apologized then and they apologize to this day yeah. um, about how they treated me. And there were a couple of people, a couple of females that were in our group that they basically kicked out. Um, the girls couldn't handle it. And, um, and I knew that God had called me for this. And but growing up in Virginia, I'd never had a male youth pastor yeah. other than my dad. Um, I'd always had females in that role. And so for me, I was like, women can do this. Sure. Like, like it's okay. Um, and so my dad told me he was like, Ariel, you know, if there's anything else in this world that you feel like you can do, then you need to do it. Yeah because ministry is hard and it's not, it's not for people that aren't called. Hmm. Um, And, and so, and, and he's, and he's right. Um, It's for, it's for people who are called because if you're not called, you're going to get out and you're going to get out quick.
1: Right. Absolutely. Um, Male or female, Right.
2: male or female. Oh yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. Most definitely. Um, And so um, we're going to flip her around real quick. Um, but, um, but I knew in college, like this, this is what God had called me to do. And I was going to do this for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, and one of my biggest influencers, um, just retired as a full-time youth pastor at like 65 years old. Mm -hmm. Um, and his name is Bill Hughes and, um, he's in Georgia, but he, he was running full on youth camps for like four weeks during the summer at 64, you know? Um, and that's what I want to do. That's, that's who I want to be. Yeah. I want to be that youth pastor that, um, kids that I had, I'm having like their kids or their grandkids or whatever, you know, I don't want to be, um, I don't, I don't want to use this as a stepping stone because Mm -hmm. then the kids don't feel like they're, they're worth it. Sure. If, if you just talk about wanting to be a senior pastor or whatnot.
1: I think I think it's a good reminder that yeah I think it's so easy to listen to man uh, and forget that God calls, right? Like mm-hmm. uh and so easily get distracted when we have people tell us we you know we can't do something, you know when, when God's called us out to do something. And um and, and I think that for for all of us those are those are good things to be reminded of, of our call and, and what God's calling us to, um, rather than just what, you know, somebody next to us is saying we can or can't do uh, because of something that God's already redeemed. And, mm-hmm. um, and so tell me, for you, being in student ministry, what's one of your, like, favorite moments?
2: <laughs> okay, so I wrote down a couple um, because uh, my husband was also a preacher's kid, um, and so he has a love for the church. Like I have a love for the church, so he makes sure he goes to youth camp, and I'm also um, a children's pastor. So I split my time between youth and kids. So he goes to youth camp, he goes to kids camp, um, and my one of my absolute favorite moments was watching him lead a kid to Christ on the playground at kids camp.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, because we're big on once we present the gospel, don't come to me right away. Find me somewhere else. Mm. Um, find me and let's talk about it. And for this kid to walk up to my husband and say on the playground, can, can we talk about that? Wow. And him like beside the swings leading a kid yeah. to Christ is one of my absolute favorite, um, favorite things because I got to see my husband. Um, he's our part-time worship leader at our church, contemporary worship leader. but to watch him lead a kid to Christ is just, there's nothing like it to see your spouse do that. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. And um, I guess like my personal one was creating a worship space at our last church. And there was this one night where our kids, they were just into it and I had a lesson planned and everything. And we used, um, like YouTube videos that I would pull off and put on Pro Presenter and then we we had a student run the words and one night I just kept feeding the worship songs because the spirit was moving and and I was like, I'm not gonna mess this up. But that night of worship was amazing because our kids started to group together and to pray over one another another spontaneously. And this is at old school Baptist church. It's not like we're at a, um, we're at a Pentecostal church or something like that, where things like that actually like happen on a regular basis where kids go to the altar all the time or whatnot. Um, these kids started going to the front and and praying and, and it was totally spontaneous. And that was one of those times where it was like, Oh, th- this is what this, this is what it's all about. Yeah, great. Um, and there are two of two three of those kids that are in ministry right now um and it was a small group there was probably 15 in that group um and but they got to experience worship and and that was one of my absolute favorite times
1: tell me tell me uh for you if you could go back in time and tell yourself like one piece of wisdom or advice what would you give yourself like first starting out in student ministry
2: this sounds crazy, but I was, um, I was a single female. And so I would tell myself to stop trying to force it Mm -hmm. because I, I think so many female youth pastors that are single think they have to have a spouse and it's not true. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, um, I was trying to fit into that Southern Baptist mold where the husband is the head of everything and he's, all of that and so i thought i needed to have him to have a man and a husband so that i could fulfill my role in youth ministry mm. um and it's not true um and and i had to wait a long time um i i got married my husband was joking um there's a picture behind me of us when we first started dating and just yesterday he he laughed and he was like i'm still not as old as you are in that picture <laughs> um, because I'm seven years older than him. And and God just had to um I joke that he had to grow up first. Um he wasn't in my ministry ever, but um but the church that I was at, he had already aged out by the time I came into the youth ministry. But he's he's young. Um and I would have first year I was looking to get married, fresh out of college. Mm. Friends were getting married friends were having kids and that's what I wanted. And so I would tell myself, you don't need that. Um, Do your work and do it well because God has called you to a greater purpose and stop focusing on other things and focus on that purpose. Um, You know, there are other things like it's a marathon, not a sprint, you know, those types of things. But really personally, Like I, that, that is what I needed to focus on. Um, And that's where I would get sidetracked a little uh, in the first couple of years of ministry. Yeah, And it was because I was single. Yeah,
1: I I think that that's so good. I think as I, as I hear you and your story and I mean, really what, I mean, this story that I feel like God has taken you through, I I think is so true for so many youth ministers that we like, Mm We look at ourselves, and we have this like measuring stick. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I've 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 got to be, you know, a guy, or I've got to be married, or whatever. Mm-hmm. And yet, like all through Scripture, we see God using the people you wouldn't expect in the most extraordinary ways, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that there's an amazing way to minister to a church when you're able to say, yeah, I'm, I look different, right? Like I'm not what you expect Mm -hmm. because you're probably, you know what I mean? Like you're probably Mm -hmm. not who you expect yourself to be either. Right. Right. Yeah. You often, especially to a middle school or high school student, right? Like, man, I can remember in middle school, like, Man, I just felt so awkward in my own skin, mm-hmm, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, and so for for that student to go like, hey, we don't have to all measure up for God to use us and have a purpose and all those kind of right. things, I think is is so important. And and I think for us, like it's part of why we love doing interviews with student ministers is I I love hearing stories of where god has taken people because i think we can relate right i mean revelation it tells us that the enemy will be defeated by um the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony right Mm -hmm. we proclaim what jesus christ has done in our life and there's power in that right so
2: and i i grew up um yeah my dad was a pastor but for most of my life my dad was 408 pounds um, he had gastric bypass and now um, stays about 200. But my mom was a female draftsman in the 80s and females weren't draftsmen right. in the 80s. And she worked for NASA at one point wow. um, and she worked for Chevron and drew oil wells that went in front of the Chinese government to be voted wow. on. And so to have those types of people, the people that didn't um, fit into the mold mm-hmm. in my life helped a lot, but so many people don't have those,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: and so when you um, when you look up podcasts or when you look up um, YouTube videos or whatever, everybody looks the same. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, my husband was like, "Can you cut my hair like this?" And I'm like, "Oh, you want the worship pastor cut?" <laughs> you know. And, um, and he was like, no, I just saw it on so-and-so. And I'm like, yeah, every worship pastor looks like, <laughs> um, and, um, but because we try and fit this mold and, and that's not, that's not who God created us to be. Yep. And we worked on that with our students even last night, like who did God create you to be? He created you for a purpose and your purpose is different than mine, even though we all have an overwhelming purpose. And that is. To spread the gospel as much and as far as we can, but he also created us for individual purposes as well yeah um, and and that is one of those things where we forget that we think that everybody is supposed to fit in and and we 're not we 're made mm-hmm. to stand out we 're made to be different
1: that 's awesome well I just want to I want to thank everyone for for listening today um, my encouragement as I walk away from here is reminding myself. Um, no matter what life throws at us to be appreciative of where we're at, what God's doing right, whether we're a draftsman, whether we're a youth pastor, whether we're sitting here with our baby in our lap right, that's right. or driving down the road don't miss the moment that God has you in now and what he's trying to do in your life. That's right, Ariel it.
2: thank you so much. For thank you.
0: There you go, that's our interview with Ariel Williford. If you want to check out more from her her podcast and her youtube videos make sure to check the links below ariel thanks for not only filling the need today and sharing your story and sharing your insight but the continuing work you do in the world of creating new models uh, by sharing your podcast stories videos and content with the youth ministry world we are thankful for you and your sweet kiddo and we will talk to you guys real soon Next week, when we have more content from women in youth ministry that we are celebrating and encouraging, again, thanks for listening and enjoying. This weekend, take a time to thank a woman in your youth ministry. Maybe it's a person directing, guiding, leading, teaching, or serving. Thank those that are making youth ministry possible and awesome. I'm going to turn your world upside
1: down. And I'm going to
0: show you